0: live from the mecca mormonism salt lake city utah this is heart of the matter where we're doing all we can to uh talk about living in the age of fulfillment as christians i'm your host sean mccraney i want to share part of a concept i've been churning on for years even when i was lds i would wonder about this and i think it started uh because i couldn't figure out Where really nice, friendly people or otherwise accomplished people in this world who couldn't care less about God, where they got their inspiration from? What was this? God puts people down on earth and they have some wonderful contributions to society, but where's that coming from? What drives atheists and writers and poets and sports heroes and humanitarians scientists who devote their life to uh, cures of dreaded diseases and political leaders and business people, (coughs) geniuses in their own realm and in their own rights, but again, not interested in the kingdom of God whatsoever, really. And they live their life that way, and yet they do so much here on earth. I can think of some right off the top of my head um, as I prepared these comments, and their skills blow my mind. Uh, I, I think of people, for me, Adam Jones of Tool and Jackson Pollock uh, are a couple. Stephen Hawking, uh, Greg Graffin is a singer. Um, Freud, uh, even B.F. Skinner, who I hate his, his uh, approach to um, uh, psychology. He's a, he was unique. Um, and Ayn Rand, Brian Eno, uh, Andy Partridge, Edward Von Mises, who was a great capitalist, thinker of capitalism, and then Karl Marx, and Camo, and Franz Kafka, and all these people. <coughs> Sorry. Many of them, hundreds of thousands of people in the medical profession, people, who, firefighters, police people, give their lives in the service of others. Um, but what is it that moves them? What inspires them, allows them to create masterful works of art and uh, advances in science and literature, so I have come to believe that in what there's something that Hegel, uh, Friedrich Hegel, called the Weltgeist or the Zeitgeist in German, which uh, is uh, synonymous with the world spirit or the spirit of the age, and um, that that spirit is available. To some extent or another, to every human being, no matter what their interests in heaven might be, there is a world spirit, and I think we all, to some extent or another, tap into that source, uh, believer and not. Um, <coughs> sorry, but what makes the Weltgeist or the Zeitgeist um, frail is that its benefits and products don't transcend this orb that the world spirit is for man and women for us to embrace on how to do sewers and and how to do other things but our attention to it doesn't necessarily transcend from its purpose here and the benefits here to life hereafter that's something else that's another kind of spirit so as an example of this in jesus life jesus had a a spirit of the age about him. He was born of a woman, uh, born under the law. And that was his Weltgeist was when he was a carpenter. And that served the community around him when he designed a cabinet and when he used screws and nails or wood, I don't think they had nails then, wood bolt things to bolt things together. (coughs) That was part of what he did when he was on this earth. He was a carpenter, right? But I don't think the cabinet he made for Mrs. Schmutzi next door uh, translated to benefits in heaven. He was paid for creating that cabinet. That was his, what he did on this earth. And so uh, I think of it like that. So I think that the Weltgeist operates on a continuum as well. So I want to illustrate that on the uh, board. And that spirit of the world, we're just going to draw it like this. And I'm going to call it the uh, uh, spirit world of the world. And um, it continues on a continuum. On this end is dark. And on this end is light. And so you might say, well, on the dark end, we have the Third Reich, and uh, <coughs> sorry, on this end we have Martha Stewart's um, cookbook. Okay, all of all contributing somehow. This is a dark end of the of the Veldgeist, and this is the light end of the Veldgeist. But it's something that is for this world. And I think that we tap into it because we have, uh, we were created in God's image, and God that gives us the capacity to tap into such things. All right, another spirit that seems to exist, uh, that's different from the world, guys, is something that we call the Holy Spirit. And you know what that is? We talk about it all the time in Scripture. And the Holy Spirit seems to call and move people to things that are not only beneficial in this world, but also are beneficial to the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit is calling people to look beyond the elements and benefits of the now and to surrender themselves over to something bigger. Uh, The AA meetings call it the higher power. They they aren't Christian necessarily, but they they call it a higher power. Uh, Zen Buddhists and Muslims believe in this the spirit that leads people collectively and individually to doing something right and doing something good. And it, and and Christians, of course, say it's the spirit of God. But the, every religion has a name for it. But it it doesn't seem to be just part of this world. It's a Holy Spirit that comes from a a holy, better place, and it moves us to do things in God's name. So, uh, uh, the Spirit of God things. Now, this is going to sort of trip you out because I think there's another Spirit too that Scripture talks about, and no one seems to talk about it. All right? And that's going to bring us over to this third column. Um, it's sort of hair splitting because this spirit is synonymous in ways with the Holy Spirit, but it is called the spirit of Christ in Scripture. Now, some people say, well, that's synonymous with the Holy Spirit, Sean. There's no difference. And I want to suggest to you that there is a difference, okay? Um, I say this because Scripture, even Jesus referenced this expression of this Spirit coming in a different way. And, and let me try to explain. In John 16:7. Jesus said this to his disciples. Nevertheless, I tell you, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go away, the comforter will not. If I do not go away, the comforter will not, he said, come to you. All right. But if I depart, he said, I'll send him or it to you. So it's interesting because we know that the Holy Spirit was on earth when Jesus said that. The Holy Spirit had influenced prophets to speak. The Holy Spirit caused Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, to name John. The Holy Spirit were causing people in the temple before Je- when Jesus was born to prophesy. The Holy Spirit is what told Peter uh, that Jesus was the Christ. No man has told him, but my Father, which is in heaven, told him. That was by the Holy Spirit. But Jesus here, he says, I have to go away in order that I can send you the Comforter. Now that's a separate thing to me. I've never heard it taught as a separate thing. We know that the Holy Spirit of God was already on, on earth and, and The Holy Spirit of God was uh, brooding over the waters at the creation. So the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, over and in things, has always been around the earth. But this comforter, Jesus said he would send, and he couldn't send it unless he left, is something different. It it really is. And so... um, When Jesus straight out says in John 16, 17, I tell you the truth, it's really important that I go away for if I don't go away, the comforter won't come to you, will not come to you, but if I depart, I'll send him to you. And it appears to me that this comforter is some sort of expression of the Holy Spirit of God that is filtered through, perhaps, if you want to put it this way, Jesus who was in flesh, and it comes through, we'll just make, to make it simple, comes through Jesus, and it sends some kind of power, comfort, direction that is a combination of both the Holy Spirit and what Jesus' Spirit was when he walked the earth as a human. The Holy Spirit is inspiring for things that are just of God, it seems like, from the beginning of time, But with Jesus saying, I have to go away, and when I do, I can send you the comforter, this is another type of spiritual influence that believers only have. And it's synonymous with the spirit of Christ. There was no spirit of Christ mentioned in the Old Testament before. There is a spirit of Christ that exists for people who believe now, and that's my point. So it's different than the Spirit of God that brooded over the waters and caused the prophets to prophesy. It's literally the Spirit of God that now comes through someone who's been a human, Jesus, fully God, and brings with it to humans something that Jesus fully understood or understands about being human. You see, it's not by chance that Paul wrote in Romans 8, 9, But you are not in the flesh, but of the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now listen to what he adds. Now, if any person has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of God's. So he he makes this Holy Spirit synonymous here with the Spirit of Christ. And it's not just like the Holy Spirit... That moves people to doing good and and, and drawing people to truth. It's something more specific. Paul writes to the uh, believers at Colossus and he says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. That's the spirit of the world. Beware that anyone spoils you through that. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world the zeitgeist, the veldgeist, beware anyone, but then he adds, and not after Christ. There's a spirit that comes with the spirit of Christ that embodies who he was, having gone through the human experience. And Christians have that spirit with them. I don't think it's the same exact thing as the Holy Spirit. I know they come, I guess you might say it's more like, this is a comparison, olive oil versus virgin olive oil versus extra virgin olive oil. There's some sort of refined, more embodied spirit of Christ that comes to those who are His. So with the fullness of God in Christ bodily after the resurrection, this is the spirit that believers seek to have. And it's not just the spirit of the world that tells us how to work our jobs. It's not, j- and, and, and this is where the, something funny happens. I think the Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring it down here. I think the Holy Spirit does something funny. I think that the Holy Spirit, if this is the Holy Spirit, I think it sort of overlaps these two. And it works on all people, drawing them to do better and and to think of God. And it overlaps this and that. At the far end of the spirit world, you have the darkest edges. And at the far end of the Christian world, you have the spirit of Christ, most embodied. And in between there, you have these, these different shades and you have the holy spirit working here overlapping this spirit and form in that spirit form i would suggest that in this world the holy spirit is in religion that it is uh causing people to be religious they go to church they sing songs they feel that spirit they want to do good in their life that's the holy spirit it's a good thing But you want, as a Christian, to be having the spirit of Christ with you. Because that is him actually moving you to be like him in his flesh when he was here. The Holy Spirit is there telling us what God is and what God's like, and we have that. But the comforter tells us, I've been there. I get that. I know what it's like. I am uh, you follow me I'm the good shepherd you know and I just wanted to point out that it seems to be for whatever it's worth I tend to think people who solely operate by the spirit of the world I think they are of one type I think there's people who operate by straddling both and the people who kind of straddle both are you know holy spirit led and Zeit- and zeitgeist or weltgeist led And I think that people who are really trying to understand truth and pursue it are Holy Spirit and Comforter-led, and and I think there's a mixture in there going on among people, and it helps us to see why there are such great things in people who don't believe that go on. It's coming from this, this part. And why there are people who are Muslims who devote themselves to good things or Buddhists that are not Christian. They are being motivated by the Holy Spirit. But but a Christian has the Spirit of Christ. And that's the point I wanted to make for whatever it's worth. Write your comments below. We've moved from the Trinity. We talked about uh, Jesus and a last week. And now we're talking to moving into the Holy Spirit a little bit. Write your comments below and we'll address them tomorrow night here on Heart of the Matter.